Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Arsenal Way. And yes, we have your daily Arsenal agenda show with you. Your daily show from Monday to Friday at 9.30am and... We're joined by the regulars, Chris. Chris Davison, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Bailey. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. No game on the weekend, a bit boring, mm. but soon, not long now, the 10th of February, we play against Wolves. But I think in the meantime, we, despite transfer deadline day being finished, transfers being finished, our players are still being linked with clubs elsewhere, and that is William Saliba. Now, of course, he's at, on loan at Marseille right now. However, reports are saying that AC Milan, Real Madrid and West Ham Interested in possibly buying it for 30 million euros, according to a French source. Chris, is this acceptable? Uh, the fee isn't, no. Um, I think, look, well, didn't we buy him for um, a similar amount of money um, from from uh, Saint Etienne? Uh, that was around 27 million, I think it is. And he's only continued to grow and develop as a player. He's become a bit of a monster, hasn't he? Um, a, a great talent with a lot of potential you know and I mean you know the potential to become one of the best centre-backs in the world in my opinion with the, with the way he is going at the moment so 30 million euros is is very cheap in my opinion uh, especially in this day and age with some of the transfer fees going around with some of the you know uh, biggest prospects in football so um, I think you know you're talking in my opinion that in uh, in British pounds at least 40 50 million in my opinion um so uh yeah i think we need to set the record straight with that one pretty quickly um but i don't think unless the player um is feeling differently in terms of what he wants to do come the end of the season i think arsenal must absolutely look to integrate him into the team next season because if not i just think it's going to get to the stage where the player is perhaps um, not going to have any interest in playing for us uh, in the future and he's going to want to find consistency with a, a club elsewhere um, so I mean obviously Football London have reported that at the moment Sidibe's in, intentions will be to come back here uh, after his loan with uh, Marseille and, and try and stamp down a place in Mikar Teta's team that's obviously uh, great to hear it's reassuring um, and I think uh, TC actually done a, a really good uh, and interesting article, um, which went live this morning. So if you haven't checked that out already, do do so. Um, and it looks at basically giving priority to Saliba on a new contract over the likes of Martinelli and Saka um, to begin with. Because, you know, uh, when Saliba returns, I think he's only going to have like a couple of years left on his, his deal. So... Um, Tying him down on a new contract, making him feel wanted here at Arsenal, um, making him feel as if he's got a future here and he's going to be a vital part of the team moving forward for me is absolutely crucial in this next step come the end of the season when he returns. So hopefully we can sort of, you know, die down the interest um, and uh, yeah, make make William Saliba feel as if he's 
he's important at Arsenal Football Club because he's a great talent, Bailey. He's a great talent. And I just think we've, we've missed a massive opportunity if we aren't able to integrate him into the team. Yeah, he is a great talent. I think also, Chris, what else does he have to prove when going on loan? I think he's proved everything now. I don't think there's any much more he can do. He's performed at Marseille, performed at Nice, of course, St. Etienne as well. Would you be, let's say we sign a centre-back in the in the summer, would you be willing to loan Saliba to a Premier League club or is that done now? He must come back into the side. There's no more loans for him. He's ready now. But I, I think no more loans, Bailey. Not for me anyway. Um especially I wouldn't be so keen on him going to another Premier League team well I suppose it depends if it if it was a, a club like West Ham who obviously at the moment they're sort of giving us a bit of competition for the, the top four the top six then um, that's that's a no-goer for me I suppose if it's a club um, sort of down the table a little bit in the bottom half then that would I'd be more open to that um, but I'm, I'm not keen on Saliba being loan out again full stop I think his time is now for Arsenal Football Club if not not at all uh, that's the way I see it because um, I, I just think it, it, if we don't integrate him into the team soon and make him an important player to the, to the squad his head will begin to turn and he'll look he'll just end up being you know um, quite frustrated with the situation and fed up with being loaned out you know he'll want that consistency he'll want to find a club where he's settled he's playing regularly he, he feels valued and if we keep loaning them out, then I think we're gonna gonna blow it. To be honest, so um, I think it's absolutely crucial that we find a way in for him at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, Chris, if you had to answer this, if he does come back into the side, Arteta wants to integrate him in, and he's and he almost gets a starting role, considering that we signed Ben White last summer for fifty million pounds, but Gabriel, of course, he's ever reliable. Who would he come in for, Ben White or Gabriel? Who would you take up? It's a it's a really tough question because I think um, since both of them have come through the door, Gabriel and Ben White, I think they've done really well. I think in terms of who is a more complete defender and more often than not uh, looks looks quite solid at the back. For me, that's Gabriel. I think Ben White still you know got a little room for improvement. Again, he's still young as well as is Gabriel, but um, yeah, I just feel as if Ben White. Is, is getting there. I don't know if he's he's on the same level as Gabriel just yet in terms of consistency in his performances. But he again, he's equally as important because he's still a very, very good defender and he's only going to get better. He's got a, a great attitude. He's got a great um, uh, mindset and he's got a lot of potential. He's quite clearly talented. So, look, I wouldn't, if I'm Arteta, I wouldn't, necessarily bring Saliba into the starting 11 straight away I'd slowly integrate him into this because I mean when you think about it when Saliba first signed actually the squad now um, compared to when it was and how it looked when he signed is a lot different so yeah. there's a lot of new faces for for Saliba to meet meet up with and, and get to know as well so it would be a bit of a risk in my opinion throwing him straight in because there's some players that you know when he first joined weren't even here so if I'm Mikel Arteta, I'm going to be playing it um, in a clever way, uh, slowly integrating him, having him on the bench, maybe bringing him off the bench and sort of um, a few matches, rotating him maybe for cup fixtures. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just seeing how we get on. And then once he's settled in, he's found his feet a bit more in this Arsenal team, then that's the point where Mikel Arteta will have a clear idea of who he's better off with, you know, opting for. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's good to have that competition though, Bailey. Um, yeah. And um, I think Saliba is fairly comfortable with playing on either side, uh, whether it's the right centre-back or on the left. So um, Arteta will have that flexibility to change things about if, if needs be. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, also if Arteta ever wants to go to a back three as well, then you can have all three in um, and it would be a solid back line, wouldn't it? That's, that's for sure. So plenty of options for Arteta and um, I, I just think he's got to be clever in the way he plays it to, to begin with anyway. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree with you. There. I think, yeah, if I had to choose one player, it would be bringing him in for Ben White only because um, I feel like Ben White and Saliba, they're both ball-playing defenders. They can almost class that as. And I think Gabriel is the solid, he's the he's the defender that brings us solidarity. So, yeah, and if I had to choose, I'd choose Ben White. But I wouldn't in, integrate him straight away, as you said. I think he needs time just to get used to the new squad, basically. But uh, Jay Say is a comment is interesting. If Madrid offer 50 million euros for Saliba, I'd take it straight away. Interesting comment. But, um, of course, we know yesterday, guys, that the big news came out Aubameyang's press conference at Barcelona and well let's just say he took shots at Mikel Arteta saying the problem wasn't with the club the problem was simply with Mikel Arteta Chris just your initial thoughts on this do you think it was fair for Aubameyang to single out Arteta or do you think he was being too hiding stuff or being a bit too harsh look I think it was and I said this to Guy last night when we were talking about it um it was always going to be a matter of time until until someone came out and, and spoke about it openly um Aubameyang would have um had to keep quiet throughout the whole situation and now he's obviously got this move away he's he's free to to speak um isn't he and and um open up on what what happened I don't think he went into too much detail and I think that was the right thing to do um but, uh, yeah, Aubameyang, hearing what he had to say and the way it came across from the outside, it, it seems as if um, he was quite chilled about the whole situation. Maybe Aubameyang didn't think he'd done anything majorly wrong. The, the punishments were a bit over the top, a bit too, uh, a bit too um, unfair, maybe a bit too strict. But at the end of the day, again, and I've said this many times, we know what you're going to get with Arteta. We know what he expects as a manager. And, you know, uh, to put it um, this way to Guy last night, I said, he just doesn't take any rubbish. Um, and that we're, that's clear as day. We've, we've seen that ever since Arteta walked through the door, whether it's what's happened with Gwenduzi, Meza Ozil, and now Aubameyang. If you're not given 110%, if you're maybe being a bit, bit lacklustre with your... Your, your attitude and, and your behaviour, um, you know, if you're turning up late to games or training on multiple occasions, uh, then, you know, there's only going to be so much Arteta is going to take. I think uh, we, we, we saw with Aubameyang in particular, I think he was dropped for the North London derby at one stage, if I rem remember correctly, Arteta said it was for disciplinary reasons. He dealt with it. He's out of the team. We move on. Aubameyang came back in. Obviously, something else happened, um, and you know that was that was one too many for Arteta. That was you know the point where it crossed the line. So, you know, it it, it sounds as if Abamian got his chances, you know, and he got warnings uh, from Arteta, but you know he just um, he done it one too many times. And unfortunately, with someone like Mikel Arteta in charge, who is ruthless and who is strict in that regard, look, you, you you're playing a risky game. So. 
it's a look, it's a massive shame of how it ended because I'm a big fan of Aubameyang. He, he done wonders for us. He's a great player. Um, and yeah, you know, w- with the way it ended, it's disappointing. It's, it's, it's a shame because he's been a great player and a very important player for us over the last four years. So, look, it, it, is, it is what it is. It's done now. It's happened. Um, I don't personally think Arteta is going to be um, as open about it as Aubameyang if he, or when he is asked about it because it's inevitable that he will be. Um, I just think the best way for Arteta to respond is, is not to respond, really. Um, and, you know, so just play it how I've just said it. What's done is done, has happened. We move on. No player is ever bigger than Arsenal Football Club. Um and that's the way I'll always view things when these sort of situations happen. So all we can do now is Bailey is, is look, wish Aubameyang all the best and, and move on. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, Guys, just make sure you also you leave your questions in the comment section because we will be coming and coming towards them at the end of the show. Uh, Chris, before we move on from Aubameyang, I think, he look, he almost got 100 goals for Arsenal. As you said, for the last four years, he was an excellent player. I think if he continued being that excellent player, he would have almost gained legendary status. Do you think, though, this situation here has proper tarnished his legacy as an Arsenal player and how we how he'll be viewed as an Arsenal player in the future? I'm not. I'm not sure if it will differ people's views on him as a player and his overall time at Arsenal. His overall time at Arsenal. I mean, for the the major part, for the most part, was great. Was fantastic, and you know. The, the incidents with Aubameyang and the dis- disciplinary issues, they were rare. I mean, yes, a, a few happened, um, but they were spaced out. They were rare. They, you know, it wasn't a case of something happening every week with him. Um, uh, and I think they were quite minor, um, to be fair. But then because it happened one too many times, that was when Arteta thought, right, enough's enough and there's no way back for him. But in terms of his, his Arsenal career as a whole and, and what he had done, what he'd achieved with us, what he'd contributed you know um over 90 goals in a uh, hundred odd games you know a great record um and he was a clinical finisher for us in front of goal um you, you know he'll always be remembered for what he'd, he'd done here but um for me when I compare him to you know Arsenal greats and, and some of the best players to to ever put on the, the the shirt and to represent the football club, you know, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Tony Adams, Dennis Bergkamp, they're legends in my eyes. Did Aubameyang get to that, that level? Um, did he get to the point where he deserved that label as well? Not for me. I think if he, if he, you know, didn't have as many disciplinary issues if he was able to crack on a bit more and find his his form over the last couple of seasons. Because, you know, aside from the disciplinary disciplinary issues off the pitch, for me, his performances dipped massively on the pitch. Um, He wasn't scoring uh, many goals. His displays, his overall individual performances weren't great. You you sometimes were watching Arsenal and you you forgot Aubameyang was on the pitch at times because he was quiet. He wasn't offering a lot. Um, so yeah, in terms of his performances and his displays, his lack of goals, I think if he was able to carry that on and continue that red hot form that we've been so used to with Aubameyang over the years at Dortmund and obviously in his earlier um, stages of, of his career at Arsenal, if he was able to carry that on and, and still be an Arsenal player today, then he'd certainly be on the way to getting that legendary status. But yeah, with the way he dropped off and, and that that sour ending, it, it, it um 
it, it just wasn't to be in the end, I suppose. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be indeed. And of course, Aubameyang's departure has tarnished a little bit Arsenal's Champions League hopes for next season. But moving on to this topic, Chris, I put out a tweet yesterday saying that Arteta's job shouldn't be questioned if we get top six, as that, that, that was our initial target. And I think we've been forward into a top four race, which our squad isn't ready for. I don't believe yet anyway. But now we are in that situation. Is Chris, what would you deem acceptable? Top four or top six or even top eight again? What would you deem as acceptable? Well, certainly not top eight. We want to stay as far away as, as from there as possible. Um, I think the the acceptance amongst not all Arsenal fans, absolutely not all Arsenal fans, but the, the majority of the fan base were like, right, if we can get back into Europe this season after finishing two consecutive campaigns in eighth place, then that's a step in the right direction. And I do agree with that. You know, is getting back into the Europa League the, the, the ideal scenario? You know, of course it is. We want Champions League football. That's the dream. That's the ultimate goal. And that's where this football club needs to be. But, um, you know, if you if it's a case of having Euro, Europa League football um, over nothing, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Europa League football. Um, and it's obviously another route for us into the Champions League. But, um, look... I can I can see why some fans will be sitting there thinking, oh no, if it, I don't want any European football if it's not the Champions League because look, I, I get it that that is the ultimate goal, that's the dream. We we've been out of that competition for far too long, and it's you know how things have developed since then and where we've been finishing since then is unacceptable for for a club of this stature. Of course it is, and Arteta knows that, um, the players will know that, and of course it's, it's clear as day for us Arsenal fans that you know, recent years have been unacceptable and nowhere near good enough. So I think considering where we've been over the last couple of seasons in that eighth place, yeah, not ideal. I think what we've got to remember is that the process was very much ongoing in that stage. Arteta had players that he didn't want. We didn't have enough quality and enough enough depth. Yeah, OK, you could argue that we don't have enough depth at the moment. But in terms of overall team quality and, and character, and potential, I think we're in a much better place today than where we were a couple of seasons ago. Now, if we can qualify for Champions League this season, absolutely fantastic. But if not, I'll take Europa League. The summer transfer window is a fantastic opportunity for the club to build on what we were able to build on in the summer and build on some of the young talents we have in the team, such as uh, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Saka, um, you know, some of the main players in there as well, Gabriel at centre-back. Um, uh, party in, in midfield as well. If we can build around these players and add even more quality to the summer, you know, and, I, and I'm on about, you know, one, two, three, even two, yeah, two or three top quality players in the summer, um, top quality striker and a top quality central midfielder in, in particular for me, then we're in a much more healthier position. And I think that's got to be the route we go down now. Try and do as well as we can do between now and the end of the season. Aim for a top four, absolutely. If not, we'll get hopefully the Europa League. Um, and then, yeah, just build on what we have in the summer to, to boost our chances even more of having a stronger season um, next time around. So, yeah, I, I want Champions League football, Bailey, as I'm sure you do and all of us do, of course. But um, look, if we finish in a European place uh, this season, hopefully not the Conference League, because I mean that's that's a, a different scenario for me. I'm not sure how I feel about that one just yet. Um, but if we can get Champions League, Europa League this season, and absolutely fantastic, 
better than the last couple of seasons and then we can build on on the squad come the summer yeah no <clears throat> oh that's my voice <laughs> I, I completely agree with you um I completely agree. I think as well, the start of next season will really be truly the actual rebuild, considering how much we've sold, how many players we've sold in January transfer window, the players we bought in last season, coinciding with the players we're set to sell in the summer window. You don't know the players like Enketia and Lacazette and the players we'll bring in. It will be a completely fresh squad going into the new year. And I think next season, top four is a must. I agree. Top four is a necessity. This season, I believe top six is the necessity with top four being a bonus. But anything outside of top four will be, outside of top six, sorry, will be completely unacceptable this season. I think we have to get top six. But um, I completely agree with you that on Chris. I agree with you that on Chris. And um, just um, quickly, I know we are talking about contracts recently with Saliba, Marcelli and Bakari Saka, but specifically, sorry, on Bakari Saka, Liverpool, Man City are snooping around him. Chris, are you worried about this? Because Saka, I know we haven't played Champions League football for almost half a decade now. Saka has got the ability to play in Champions League. If we don't get it, are you starting to get worried that he might just, you know, just see what Man City and, offer, Man City and Liverpool's offers are saying? Look, I think when you have um, some really exciting talent on your hands, and we have got that in Saka in particular, but also Emil Smith-Rowe, Gabriel Martinelli, the other two, you know, there's always going to be that worry in the back of your mind that, you know, a top club in Europe with a lot of money um, in Champions League is going to come in and be like, right, you know, here's, here's uh, 80-odd million pounds or whatever. Um, we, we want your, your star man. Um, so for as long as we have players like this in the team, that will always be a worry. And come on, look, as Arsenal fans, we know, um, we know the pain... Uh, don't we, when it comes to losing star players and our best players to to, to um, other clubs around the world. It's not nice. But um, look, I, I, there's two ways you can look at it. Um, you can be on one side of the fence where you, you just want your star players to stay for as long as possible. Back Osaka, we don't want them to leave anytime soon. And of course, and I, I don't want that either. Um, hopefully he's committed to Arsenal for the long term, um, and we've we've got we've got him for at least another um, you know three four years. I I would hope so, but um, obviously nothing's ever guaranteed. Um, and Jay, yeah, you know, just just enjoy him while, whilst he's here. But then I know other people probably sit there and think, well, you know, if Barcelona or Real Madrid, uh, even Man City come in and offer us a hundred million for him. You know, yeah, that's a hard offer to turn down, and actually, it makes you think that we've done a, a blooming good job to to actually get this get this much form. We've built a player in a successful way. We've made him the man he is today, and we can take positives from that in terms of us hopefully replicating that again in the future with someone else. Um, the same goes for Smith Rowe. Um, so there's two ways you can you can look at it, um, and obviously. I'd I'd like to hope that Arsenal would demand a a very very um, substantial fee for for players like this, and we would get a lot of money for them to then, you know, um, then put into other positions in the team. But uh, if I'm on one side, then I'm very much look money money isn't an issue for me. We're a club that's already strapped with cash, um, and uh, I want Spakao Saka, Emil Smith Rowe. 
Martinelli. Um, I want them to stay for as long as possible. I want them to stay at Arsenal forever. But um, I know I'm, you know, that's that would be a very very difficult job. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, without them, well, we won't, we probably wouldn't even finish in in uh, the top six, Bailey. Um, you know, would be would be down a little bit more. That's for sure because. Honestly, they're just so crucial to this to this team. The way it plays, the chances they create, obviously the goals they score as well. Um, their their attitude on and off the pitch is absolutely fantastic as well. And with what Arteta is trying to build here, uh, and the, the you know the squad he's trying to put together, they'll be absolutely vital in the long run. So, um, yeah, as I said, there's two ways. As a, you know, as fans, you can look at the, the situations like this and. An interest being shown from some of the the big clubs uh, around the world in our star men, but um, I want them to stay stay at Arsenal forever. I don't want them going anywhere. Yeah, they're our boys. They're not going nowhere. They're not going absolutely anywhere. I'll tell you that. But we're so if anyway. I think Zach and Smith they love the club. I think as long as we're performing, comes performing, and we're in the Champions League, there's no reason for them not to stay. And I think they will. I think they are our future. They are our future. So. We need to do everything in our power to make sure the players do stay at the club. And um, before we end the show, Chris, I'll just ask this question, actually, from Graham Caldwell, who says, if Saliba returns, do you think Arsenal will change formation to accommodate him? Or do you think one of White or Saliba will miss out if he play a back four? Because Arteta has utilised the three at the back before. Do you think he could go back to that or no? Well, I mean, I'd I'd uh, I'd quite like to see how that would work, the back three. I, I said to you earlier in the show, Bailey, it's... Um, Certainly, uh, three solid options there, isn't it? With Gabriel, Ben White, and and Saliba, um, you can't imagine many teams would have um, some luck getting through that. It's a solid back line, especially with Tierney and, and Tommy Asu either side in the uh, the fullback roles, the wing fullback roles. So um, it's absolutely uh, something that Arteta will, will, will have at his disposal. You know, I, I, I imagine. To begin with, when Saliba, and if Saliba returns to the squad and he's part of the plans moving forward from next season, I imagine that Mikel Arteta will, like I said, just try and ease him in a little bit, um, let him find his feet, maybe continue with Gabriel and Ben White to start with. Then the more opportunity Saliba gets, the more minutes he gets under his belt as well. Arteta will have a clearer and better idea and of, of how he can utilise him, where he can utilise him as well. Um, whether that's continuing in a back four and just rotating them every now and then or actually using a back three um, most weeks. So, uh, again, it, it, it's either 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 or, isn't it? Arteta's got those options. Um, and, yeah, we'd just be quite lucky to have three top centre-backs at the club, in my opinion. So, um, certainly can't rule out a formational change, obviously. But I think just, uh, in my opinion, Arteta will... We'll stick to his guns to begin with and just ease Saliba in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Guys, that is the end of the show, mate. So make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel as well as more content will be coming your way very, very shortly. Even a football match which me and TC took part in. I'm sure you guys will be interested to see that. But that is coming very soon. And most importantly, guys, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Glory, 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 glory.